0: Hello and welcome to Leather Talk with Mr. Bullet Leather 2020. I'm your host, Brandon. Well today we welcome back Mistress Melissa to the show as we continue with part two of their interview. If you haven't listened to part one yet, be sure to go back and do so. In part one, we definitely talk more about Mistress Melissa's origins and coming out story as well as talk about some of their kinks. In part two, we will hear some more fun and kinky stories. But we will also focus a lot on some more serious topics when it comes specifically to inclusivity within the leather community. I know that there are many opinions out there regarding these topics. And I do want to remind our listeners that you do not necessarily have to agree with what I say or with what anyone says on the show for that matter. But I do think that there is a time to stop and listen. When we stop listening and hearing each other's voices and hearing each other's stories and perspectives, that's when we stop learning and growing. Especially in these times, I really do believe that it is an important time to stop and listen. Let's learn to love each other and to grow together as a community. I'm so glad to have Mistress Melissa back with us today and I hope that some of us can gain a perspective or insight on some things that we may or may have not considered before. With that said, Let's sit back, relax, and get ready for some more leather talk. She's holding an enema in while she's saran wrapped? Yes. Okay, this sounds like a disaster.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. It, it actually <laughs> wasn't it wasn't the disaster you're thinking of. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and thank God for that. So she she uses a safe word. And she goes, I really need to use the restroom. And I said, okay. So I said, like, go do that dance like three times. because <laughs> She was not done. I don't know if the enema went up to her esophagus, <laughs> but <laughs> it was, I was like, oh my God, this is not how I'm going, i going. So she goes, she finishes, she comes back. So we resume. I surround her to the table. Now at the time, I also had two other S types. I used to kind of look like a mama duck when I'd walk into the, the dungeon. There'd be several of them behind me and i and then my mouth starts and i wonder it's not going to be nurturing mistress that you're used to it's not going to be funny sadist mistress that you're used to and i start doing heavy intense strap on degradation to her to where one of my S types like has to look away like she doesn't want want to make eye contact with the sibling that is getting reprimanded kind of Like, oh my God, this is really awful and and intense and I don't know if I can stand here. And the other one like grabs the table and is like, this is kind of really hot. (laughs) So we get finished. Uh, I cut her loose from the table and she kind of worms down on the table. And she's sitting there crying, right? And I also negotiated with her, there's going to be no warm-up, there's going to be no aftercare. And she was like, oh, I'm in. So I took, I took my strap-on on her. I fucking hit her in the face with it. And I said, now clean this shit up. And I walked out the door to go smoke my cigarette. Now, the next time she was at my house doing some domestic tasks, she goes, Mistress, you really know how to ruin a girl's fantasy? And I said, and see, therein lies the fact that you did not believe what I said. You had a different fantasy in your mind uh-huh. and did not communicate that. I told you exactly how this was going to go. And she, yeah. So that was the last time we ever did strap on. Mm. Um, I used to do a lot of kicking and punching with her. And one time we were at a dungeon party and I went, <laughs> I forgot to ask what kind of equipment she had. She always wore and, uh, like a two pound metal anal punch. Okay. And I, I went to go kick her across the ass cheeks and I bruised and ballooned the top of my foot. <gasps> Oh my God. I was like, you fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was face punching involved after that. And then, um, <laughs> I wasn't mad. I was just like, okay, we're going to go in a different direction. And, um, and then, then thereafter, whenever I was going to do anything to her, like across or with her ass cheeks. And I was like, what's it looking like down there? She goes, it's like home Depot mistress. <laughs> and <I'm> like, okay. <laughs> Now I know this, but yeah, there's been funny. And then of course you know we're performing, so I've got to walk it off on stage. Uh-huh. I'm like, you fucker, <laughs> you fucker, <laughs> god damn it! <laughs> She's like, I'm sure so, I'm really sorry, mistress. I should I should have mentioned that. <laughs> and I'm like, you yeah, think? <laughs> what part of I'm going to be kicking you across the ass with martial arts kicks? It's so funny. I have to tell you,
0: like after 20 plus episodes now, I think out of everyone I've talked to, you're probably the most extreme that I've talked to when it comes to BDSM. Oh, thank you. (laughs) All right, cool. (laughs) Congratulations. Uh, I will give you a certificate in the mail for that.
1: (laughs) Winning! I have arrived. (laughs) I love it. I've heard that a lot. I'm like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna do this. All right, cool. Yeah, right. that's what I, I try to preface. with People like, I'm a heavy maskist. I'm like, are okay. you okay? The- yeah, <laughs> are you are you really? Like, can I burn your armpit hair off and feed it to you? And they're like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, I was asking. (laughs) I was just
0: asking. Yeah. (laughs) I was
1: just asking. You're giving me ideas. (laughs) I'm like, "Um, yeah. Okay. What do you want? Your genitals or your nipples intact? Tell me which one. I'm going to count down from five. (laughs) Good times. Good times. I did a um, hilariously fun workshop with interrogation. Mm Mm-hmm. And I did different bottoms because, you know, the first one was like a lighter interrogation, funny and stuff like that. Great. The next one was with a play partner I used to have. So we've already gone through all the negotiations and stuff. And I was like, cool. What he really liked was being disoriented, uh, not knowing where he was. And he's a masochist. I'm like, great. Awesome. And he loves bondage. Perfect. So as I go on to do the segue into the next demo, he's sitting in the front row. Mind you, he's about six foot four. And I had a hood in my back pocket and so I jumped off the stage hooded him and did a crossbody throw and threw him up onto the stage Oh my god, and then um, Because I used to do competitive wrestling and grappling and stuff like that and so I Get him down and I bind him to the chair and of course, you know Like I'm doing the whole entire interrogation and he's being a shit (laughs) He's not giving me anything (laughs) He's trying to give me coordinates. I'm like, that's a pizza joint. He's like, what? I like pizza. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, he's just being, a, you know, the more mouthier you get, the more I'm going to, you know, step it up. Now, what I didn't tell him and he was good. I got to give it to him. So I grab him and I drag him outside. And a lot of the the, it was funny because a lot of the the Red Dragons the Motorcycle Club were there. So all their bikes were parked or no Monarchs, Excuse me. Their bikes were parked. There was a myriad of them. I used to work with all of all of the different groups there. And he came to the class, and I was like, great, awesome. And I drug him outside. He's hooded. He's bound. He can still walk. I drag him out to the yard where there's a suspension point. I yank him up, and then I start hosing him down. So the hood's wet. He's wet. It's cold outside. And I'm I'm just doing a whole like, beat-down scene, brute play with him. And then I get him down to the grass, and uh, <laughs> he never breaks. He never breaks, I had wow. to give it to him. He, it was absolutely fantastic. And I said, and people just like ran outside to kind of follow the demo. And it was funny, so I was like, okay, our demo's done, we're done, and I take the hood off him. He's laying in the yard, in his clothes muddy and wet, and he's torn up, and he's like, that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> A real like,
0: masochist, gotta give it to him. <laughs> I was like,
1: awesome. He goes, oh my God, that interrogation scene was so realistic. <laughs> And I was like, cool. Awesome. And it was a, a f- absolutely fantastic. I'll, when I, we came back in, I you know, patched him back together, gave people a 15 minute break. We did some aftercare and he was sitting there with his, you know, his juice box, just with the biggest fucking grin on his face. And he was just like, yeah, it was. I'm in ecstasy right now. <laughs> I'm like, awesome. Cool. Well, I'm going to sit you right here on the stage next to me so you can float away on the blanket while I wrap up the class and he was like okay <laughs> yes mistress hey, and all i was the like was-
0: in his head i can show you the world <laughs> it's all happening oh again. absolutely <laughs> he was just
1: like yeah i don't know what he was singing but he was like he was having a great time and i was like cool that's the space i want to create a lot of people are like, you tell me your fantasy and we'll tell you how we can execute it.
0: I love that. I love that. You have like this openness to kind of work with someone's energy and and, and make it work.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's very, 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 the only times I've ever had scenes really go, uh, yeah, this is not for me is when I've done like generally a lot of pickup scenes in like clubs with vanilla people. Okay. And it's been like, hey, it's my friend's birthday. You have to spank her. And I was like, first of all, that's what I don't have to do. Now that we've covered that, let's move on. Mm -hmm. And I would tell people all the time, have your friend come up and introduce themselves because if they're really shy about saying hi, they're going to be really apprehensive when I have my hands all over them. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we would do the spanking, stuff like that. I always make a big to-do about it, big production of it, dramatics, fantastic, have people singing. And uh, when I put them to kneel down afterward just to do some aftercare with them, inevitably it's always, not men, women that pushed the boundary and slide their hand up to my ass. Really? And I'm like, yeah, see, that's where you just fucking lost me. Right there. I probably would have played with you again, but yeah, we're done now. We're good. Now, do you,
0: I mean, is that just in your experience, it, it's only been women? Or is there some kind of psychological reasoning behind that, you think?
1: It's it's not predominantly women. Uh-huh. I've had men overstep boundaries, of course. It's been predominantly women. Because they feel entitled because they are uh, of the quote unquote same gender. Oh, I see. So they feel, oh, I just, and I've like, they've literally smacked me on the ass. And so I've punched them in the chest. And they're like, I'm sorry, I just couldn't help myself. I just had to. And I was like, hey, me too, I guess. And they're oh, you don't like it either. I guess we were touching each other unconsensually. That doesn't, that's not cool, mm-hmm. right? You don't mm-hmm. like it either?
0: So they felt more comfortable probably doing that, you're saying, because they, they see you as a woman and, and they're a woman. So they feel like they can kind of step over those. They can get away with it.
1: Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, no, unconsensual touching is fucking unconsensual touching. Right. And I don't care what gender you are unconsensual touching is unwelcome. Absolutely. And I've had people grab my bottoms in a performance and I've literally launched people off of a stage or against a stairway for it. Wow. Physically. Like I get very, very protective. Mama bear comes out and I will rip somebody's face off and I, I'll come back and check on my body. How you doing? Cool mistress. What happened? Oh, nothing, baby. You're fine. You're fine. Everything's fine. You know, cause I don't, I'll explain to them later after they're out of their headspace, Right. Because I don't want to bring a violation, a mental, physical, psychological violation into that space with me right now.
0: So let's talk a little bit about cruising and, and, and consensual ways that we can be more consensual when it comes to cruising. Because I've talked to several, specifically men who have come from the leather scene way back in the day when i guess in in their experience there wasn't a lot of discussion when it came to cruising it was a no there wasn't you know just come up and touch so we're, we're in a time now you know currently where it is we we're more open about being you know discussing being consensual even when it comes to cruising uh, how, yeah. how do you kind of view that you know for yourself
1: ask first don't assume mm-hmm. plain and simple and people will know it, too, when they see me. I, I ask, may I hug you? Unless I have a, an already existing rapport with a person, mm. I always ask, may I hug you? Otherwise, I put my hand out to shake. If they put their hand up, not a problem. I don't take it personally. Because not everybody wants to be touched. Right. And I don't condone unconsensual touching. I also come from back in the day where somebody would come up and pat you on the butt like, hey, do you want a little bit of this? And that gives me the fucking heebie-jeebies.
0: Now, when it comes to like communicating consent, do you believe that some of that could be given non-verbally or do you think it's still smartest to do everything verbally?
1: I think it's still smartest to do everything verbally so that way there's no misunderstandings, there's Got no it. miscommunications, period. But, it, you know, there is those, those physical cues and you have to read your room, mm-hmm. plain and simple. You have to read your room. If I've got – if I have a, a, a beautiful, playful little boy that's wearing a thong and backs up to me and goes, would you like a target mistress? That's, that's an invitation. Got <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like – and then I will reiterate. So did you want a spanking? <laughs> mm. And people think I'm kind of controlling the situation, and I am because I want their enthusiastic consent.
0: So this verbal communication can be sexual and kinky. Still, it doesn't have to be so clinical.
1: Oh, absolutely! Everything is an ongoing negotiation. Even in sex, mm-hmm. when you are having sex, and you go, "Do you like that?" A person can go, "That." I would rather you. I would like it if you moved over here. Mm-hmm. That's a redirection. Or yes, I love that, but can you do it a little bit more like this? That's all negotiation Hmm. that people don't even realize they're using. Because the last thing that I'm going to fucking do on the face of this planet is have boring sex. (laughs) (laughs) I'm too old for boring sex. Like, no, no, I'm not. No, 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 no. Boring sex, not having it. If I'm not feeling it, we're not doing it. Period. I don't do obligatory sex. I don't have people give me obligatory service sexually. No. If I'm not feeling it, we're not doing it but there's a way to ongoingly communicate with your partner. Even if you're doing anal, You know uh, that would be really hotter if you used a little bit more lube. That is a negotiation, that you're asking for something within that exchange. And that goes for everything.
0: Well, when it comes to, you know, we're talking about, I guess, consent, and especially at like a bar or like a cruising area. Let's talk a little bit about when it comes to women, in the in the cruising scene. And Mm -hmm. I've talked with women before on this podcast who have expressed that, you know, they don't always necessarily feel welcome in the leather community. And I just have to ask, Mm -hmm. what is your experience with that?
1: My, (laughs) here we go. (laughs) My experience is all over the place. Okay. And I'm going to expand on that. Okay. Um, to me, it seems the extreme sides of leather community, and I'm talking about cis white uh, gay males, and the hardcore, like very much butch dyke lesbians, mm-hmm. and that's a that's a general term. That's not everybody I've ever experienced. Just to make that disclaimer, okay, have always been very dismissive of me. Okay. And I remember this explicitly being in an LALC meeting, the first one I ever attended. No, no, no. You sit over there against the wall. Oh, okay. You know, being newer to the the meetings, I was like, all right, so I guess this is how this goes. Maybe there's special seating assignment. I don't know. I'm trying to kind of roll with this, right? Right. I've been to uh, various bars and clubs, leather bars, that I've been in the door saying You know I walk by people hello hi I'm, I'm very outgoing And I've been very dismissive. Like there's been a lot of leather Men that are like oh my god there's a vagina in here mm. And I'm like Wow okay I've actually walked Up bef- the, the night before I was Running for my title
0: mm-hmm.
1: And I Walked up to a member of one of the, the Major men's clubs and he had a lot of brass on him. And I was like, okay. I had never... One of my my judges was Alexei Romanoff. That was my head judge when I ran for SCLW. Very sweet man. So I was like, okay. You know, I was, I was out at an event doing a party at the pleasure chest with Pony. And so I walked up and introduced myself. I was like, a member of Avatar? Okay, I'm just going to stick my hand out and say hello. I was talking to his S-type and... He was very uncomfortable that I even said hi to him visibly. Like he was Mm. looking to the sides like, uh, uh, and his sir came up and he's like, so what are you? I said, excuse me? No, 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 no. What are you? I said, "Are, are you asking me how I identify? Like I was perplexed. Right. And I said, well, I'm a pansexual dominant leather woman. And she, he goes, oh, that explains that you're pansexual. And without skipping a beat, I said, and see, therein lies one of the major problems within this community is attitudes like that, sir. Enjoy your night. And I walked away from him.
0: What was his reaction to that?
1: He just stood there with his mouth open. He didn't say anything. I was like, no, truth bombs, man, truth bombs. Mm -hmm. And on the, the, the women's side of it, I feel like I have experienced a lot of things of being dismissed because I am pansexual. Mm -hmm. I'm not a hardcore lesbian. So it was a little exclusionary there. Like you're not, you don't know the secret, knock to the lesbian club. I was much more welcomed when I had a female S type with me. But if I had a a male identified S type with me, they would just keep walking. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, okay, cool. I'm just going to be me. But... For instance, one of my judges for one of my competitions gave me a very, very, very loaded question. And I realized that there's a lot of stigma towards professional dominance that are in the lifestyle.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the, the question was formatted like this. So you're a pro dom. I said, yes, I am. So is that your career path? I said, hopefully. I've been doing it long enough. So how do you feel about making money off the lifestyle? was the follow-up question
0: interesting
1: how are you supposed
0: to answer that (laughs) like
1: oh I answered it I said no different than any toy maker charging for a toy any uh, event organizer charging a uh, cover at the door no different and I don't make money off the lifestyle what I do is I create a space for clientele who are not otherwise able to be out in the lifestyle so I create a safe space in which they can express themselves through BDSM did I answer your question
0: Wow, that's a really great answer.
1: I was like, no, we're not doing this. You're not going to sit there behind a judging panel and admonish me for being a pro dom. I saw what, And this person was an event organizer, which is why I threw what I threw in that answer. Mm -hmm. I was like, no, you don't get to be a hypocrite with me. Right. You charge a cover at the door of your events. No, I don't think so. Absolutely. And so I was like, I've ran into that quite a bit. When I went to IML this last uh, May, last May, my first IML, I had an amazing time. Amazing time. Now it was, yeah, now a year ago. Um, (laughs) Wow, time warps. But all of the men that I encountered were so welcoming and so amazing. Of course, you had the small pockets of like, oh, my God, there's a woman here because you can pick up on that energy. Mm Mm-hmm. And the only people that asked me if I was comfortable in the space were women Hmm. outside in front of the hotel. They said, are you comfortable being here with all these men? And I said, I am absolutely comfortable being here with all these men. And if you're uncomfortable, that's a you issue, not a me issue and not an us issue. And maybe you need to reevaluate that Hmm. because I've seen you standing on the wall in the hallway, not saying hi to anybody.
0: So when it comes to like, being more inclusive, I mean, where does the responsibility fall? Do you think, like, it it should, it should fall mostly on the men who are excluding women?
1: Or does it fall on the women? Or how does that? How do you see that? I think that inclusivity responsibility falls on everyone. Mm -hmm. Everyone, everyone, everyone. Given the respect of play spaces, because I understand the safety within a men's only space. I understand the safety within a women's only space. I understand the safety within a mixed space. However, when we are operating together as a community, when I'm at a fundraiser, it shouldn't matter who I'm fucking. Right. We should be able to work together as a community. It should not matter who I'm playing with we should, or how I identify. We should be able to work together as a community. Nobody should be looking down their nose at anyone. And I have a saying in my household. There's not enough seats at the table, then you build a bigger table. You don't push somebody off. This is not pie. Something for somebody else doesn't mean less for you. Right. It doesn't. There's plenty of king to go around. There's plenty of love to go around. There's plenty of inclusion to go around. It's just that people don't want to make the effort because they're resigned or they're comfortable or that's what they've always been exposed to or something like that. And I invite them, please step into a space that you wouldn't normally step into. Go to a party that you normally wouldn't go to. I invite gay males that only play in gay male spaces to go to a pansexual mixed party. Same with lesbian women. Please. You would be surprised at how much love is given in that space. And that's what I love. And that's why I have always been an inclusive. I'm inclusive of everyone. My household is made up of a myriad of different personalities, different races, different gender identities, different sexualities, Yes, please. I will always have a plate on the table ready for, to feed you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what a lot of people miss. And I'm like, I, I don't understand, you know, like it, it's beyond me because I just don't operate that way. Right. How can you say we're sexual revolutionaries, we're rebels, we're this, we're that, the other. Oh, but wait, not you. You don't get to dictate my sexual rebellion. I don't get to dictate yours. You don't get to dictate my kink. I don't get to dictate yours. Because I like fisting and you don't. Neither one of us is wrong.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, it's so interesting to me when I meet people with this mindset, like the like the man that you encountered over at that event where, you you know, you kind of just said, well, this is the problem. Like as gay men, we've experienced our own ridicule from our families and from from outside culture saying that you're wrong, this is wrong, this is a sin, this is evil. Yeah. And like how are we supposed to treat each other that same way within our own community, you know?
1: And personally I think that comes from a level I I this is my opinion, I think it comes from a level of self self-hatred. Mm-hmm. or self-loathing maybe there's some sort of childhood trauma that's there and it's unresolved i don't know but my house uh, in la i would have a thanksgiving thanksgiving is always tricky for me because i'm native american mm-hmm. and so i i turn it into a day of gratitude and i would cook i cooked four turkeys one year i fed like 65 people it was fantastic i said go to your obligatory house wherever you have to go to show up, show face, do whatever, and then you come to my house and you be yourself. You want to wear a unicorn tutu, do it, baby. My only thing is because kids, just make sure you have your genitals covered. Right. And even then, yeah, go topless. I don't care. God made you naked. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's how you got in this world. Naked. We're not. We don't body shame here. We don't body shame. People comes in all shapes and sizes and colors. Celebrate that. Celebrate it. I walk around my house naked. My husband walks around naked. There's no sex going on. No, this is how I got into this world was naked. Right. And are we nudists? I don't think necessarily we're nudists. It's just that, you know, I embrace the fact that, Hey, my body has made three people (laughs) (laughs) and I'm doing kind of okay with it. You know, like, uh, all of my stretch marks, those are badges of honor, man. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I'm like yes, okay, cool. I got that. We don't do body shaming here. That's a hard limit.
0: So when it comes to you know gender, you know going back to gender in the leather community and and being inclusive, what what would be your message to to the community if you could talk to everybody right now?
1: With gender, that's that's a, always a very tricky conversation, and I'm always personally evolving on how I am learning. Mm-hmm to engage in gender specific conversations because i know i'm old and i have certain wiring that i am i am uh rewiring to be a better person mm-hmm. i think that one the the ask of pronouns is an introductory conversation okay hi how are you oh my name is steve great what pronouns do you use because uh i'm sorry but stevie Nicks was a woman so if somebody's using the name Steve, is it Steve, Stevie, Howard? It's not, my, it's not my job or position to dictate what I assign them. Right. That's not my role. As far as spaces, and community space, why is there a problem between cis, gender nonconforming, and trans? I know those are not the only options. It's a complete spectrum and a rainbow. Why is there a problem here? Right. Is it because you don't know where to put yourself in the conversation? Well, then you shouldn't make it about you Hmm. because their gender identity is not about you. Right. It's about them and their journey. Stop making it about you. As far as being inclusive in place spaces, if somebody self identifies as a male, I think there should be no reason to exclude them from a male space. Just like I don't think that there should be a reason to exclude a female-identified person in a female space. If somebody is an AMAB trans person, yeah, welcome them into that space. You might actually save their life that day, Mm -hmm. and maybe they might save yours. You don't know how you're going to connect with somebody. That safe space might be what keeps them from being suicidal. Yeah. It costs nothing to be kind to people. It costs nothing to be kind. You're not going to lose anything by being kind to somebody. And people miss that. And that's what my message would be. It costs nothing to be kind to people. Five seconds of effort. Just ask yourself, can I give this five seconds of effort?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And follow it up. Five seconds of effort. What pronouns do you prefer? They say he, she, they, her. Eh. Okay, that's where you go. And I always disclaim with people when they, I ask them that. I said I'm going to do my best because I'm not perfect. Right. Plain and simple, I'm not perfect. I don't expect perfection from anybody. So if I slip, please feel free to correct me. It is not a. It's not not a personal. I'm not assigning anything. I'm going to do whatever I can to to. Follow up with action and being willing to make this a comfortable space for us to engage and interact.
0: Absolutely. Now, I think it's very powerful that you say you could change that person's life that night <laughs>
1: just by being kind. Absolutely. There's too much mean, There's too much awful in the world. There's too much fucking awful in the world. Why do you? You got to ask yourself, what do you want to contribute to this world? You want to contribute positive energy, or you want to contribute negative energy? Because you get a choice. Mm-hmm. People forget that. You get a choice. With people, as long as I'm like, hey, you know, I always have a handshake. I will do my best to have a kind word, as long as there's always respect. And, you know, if somebody goes, hey, I'm so-and-so, I say, hey, nice to meet you. I will use their name. One of my personal hard limits is being called ma'am. Mm-hmm. It's a very personalized story, but it's a it makes it makes me nauseous when people use it. It has nothing related to my age. I understand it's a hard thing for people to re kinda wire that dialogue. I don't enforce any protocol with people who are not mine because I'm not a douchebag. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hi, my name is Melissa. Hi, I'm Mistress Melissa. Whatever you do with that after that is up to you. Just don't use ma'am. you want to say mel you want to say melissa you want to say mistress you want to say sir you want to say her you want to say him you want to say they i'm good i'm totally good i'm gender fluid Mm -hmm. if it's if mistress is too close to the m word say sir (laughs) it's 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 like a few letters down on the alphabet phonetically it's a lot easier for people and i'm like cool do i require it absolutely not if you're mine, I can't hear you unless something comes out of your mouth first, like mistress or sir. It's just the way my brain is wired in a dynamic. If you say, may I, I'm going to be like, what, huh? I don't, what? I didn't hear anything. What was that? And they'll be like, mistress? I'll be like, oh, did you need something? <laughs> and I'll joke about it. But no, I'm. it's really, we just covered that in five seconds. 10 seconds, maybe 25 because I'm chatty. But it's really, that's how fast it is.
0: Well, I really appreciate your perspective on that. And I think it's really important, you know, to to hear different perspectives about what happens in the community. Because, you know, there's things that I've not become aware of until somebody experiencing, you know, whatever it is, expresses that to me. And I think that's why it's so important to keep hearing, you know, voices over whether it be this podcast or, or any other platforms um, you know, for people to continue sharing their stories, because like what you offer right now is a perspective that some people may have not even considered.
1: Thank you. Well, I appreciate you having me on your podcast. And I want to say thank you. I'm really glad that Pony connected us. So thank you for wanting to hear what I have to say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, um, I think that there there is a lot of strife, and there is a lot of problems and things like that. But on the flip side of that coin, I have also been privileged at the opportunity to see some really amazing things. Mm-hmm. I've seen such heart and soul and energy and connection and beauty within the scene, within the communities. And that's why I don't think that I'm ever going to be you know, one of those people that makes that decision of just kind of crawling off and going away. Because right. that's not going to fix the problem. And I understand that people do that. You know, they're like, I'm too old for this drama and this shit. I don't have a problem having hard conversations mm-hmm. with people. you know? Um, yeah, by all means, tell me if I'm wrong. i'm'm I'm, I'm all ears. I'm listening because I have a willingness to always be better than I was yesterday and work on myself. And you know, and i I've had so many amazing experiences with people. and it's just been mind-blowing one of the most amazing experiences i ever had i uh for a couple few years i volunteered with kiki claws for toy drives toys and things for the active duty the active duty marines at camp pendleton Mm -hmm. and that's that's a cause that's kind of close to my heart because i come from a multi-generational military family now these kids, one or both of their parents, could be deployed. They make below poverty wage, way below. They're in base housing. It's not the most best situation. It's hard. They asked me to come in one year and MC at uh, Threshold. And cumulatively, with everything, we raised over $8,000. Wow. And I used to, at my classes, I kept two two boxes. And I would give people a discount at the door if they brought a and we're back, but I would keep one box for toys, one box for canned goods. The box of toys would go to Kinky Claus. The other one would go to Mr. Cyan for her fundraisers mm-hmm. or LA food bank or wherever it would go after that. Cause I was like, I'm not in the results business. I just try to put a drop in a hat. That's it. Mm-hmm. And, um, when, uh, Faust who is Kinky Claus sits me down, nobody else is around and he tells me, That year, December 17th, because you have to go through several channels of getting permission to go on base. But there was a half a mile of motorcycles and a 26-foot U-Haul of toys that roared onto the base. And kids were running out their front doors. Santa Claus! Mm. And I I get emotional and I tear up. Mm. But I got to help do that. And I'm like, yes, that. I've seen, I've had experiences like that. I've had experiences of fundraising for people's medical needs and watch people just give from their heart. And it's like, wow, wow. It's it's those particular situations are mind blowing. Or those times that you see that somebody's like having a hard time and they're a wallflower. I'm the first person to pull them off the wall and be like, hey, come on outside with me. Have a cigarette. How you doing?
0: You know, I think it's so great that, you know, even though we talk about having these issues and, and ways that we can still continue to grow in the community, that you're still recognizing that there's so much beauty, you know, and experiences that that you've had personally that still exist in the midst of that.
1: Absolutely. And I think that, you know, a lot of the questions I used to get from a lot of uh, people who were new, how do I break into the scene? And I'm like, first of all, you're not doing a B&E. You don't have to break into anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you're not breaking an entry. You know, there's no, like, go knock on that window. You don't have to, like, what we did back in the day to find the fucking clubs where you had to look in the LA Weekly or know this person and find this flyer and go to this club and, you know, bring the secret egg. Like, there's none of that anymore. Right. We have such a wealth of knowledge, of accessibility of advertisement, of representation mm-hmm. that is so amazing that it, much more amazing than it was 25 years ago.
0: So what would be your message then to someone breaking in, you know, quote unquote, breaking into the scene today?
1: Show up, show up, continue to show up. You just got to show up, stick your hand out, say, hi, my name is such and such. That's how I created amazing connections with people at clubs. At bars and at events, and it wasn't always like, "Oh, you know, Mistress Melissa's here." No, no, no. Sometimes I like to get kind of just slink into the back and be behind the scenes because I know that this particular this is not about me right now. I'm not on. I'm not a headliner on this. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I've, I've I've already done that. You know, it's like i I've, I've I'm very grateful and I'm very humbled at the fact that I've been the headliner. To my knowledge, I have done the largest fire show that has happened in L.A. In 2008, I did a fire show with seven different bottoms for an hour of spanking, fire breathing, and fire flogging Whoa. at Club Hell. And I was, you know, I changed up, you know, and did you know positions and stuff like that with the girls. I had two fire safeties in the front. My husband was my fuel man in the back. Everything was very, very technical, but I was inside that inferno for an hour, <laughs> I'm proud of that. I am proud of that content that I produced on stage. But what I am more proud of is that when I specifically handpicked the bottoms, I said, do you want to have a negotiation? Do you want to go through anything? And every single one of those girls said, no, mistress, we trust you. Mm -hmm. That's what I value more than that.
0: So I mean, it really just trust. speaks volumes to those. What was it? like Three or four virtues that you mentioned just at the beginning of your podcast. It, what was it? Integrity and respect.
1: Integrity, respect, accountability. I mean, yeah. those fall under those tenets of leather: trust, honor, and respect. Right. I am. I invite people to look into what those words mean to them in practical application. What does trust mean? What does honor mean? What does respect mean? How is that? How are you using that in practical application? Because if you're not using it in practical application, it's a fucking bumper sticker. Right. That's what it is. Oh, I honor you. What does that mean? Yeah,
0: that's very powerful. What does it mean? What does it mean in practicality? I I love that.
1: Ask yourself, what does accountability mean? What does integrity mean? How are you doing that on a day-to-day basis? Those are important fucking things. Those are the things that are going to help you be a better person, whether or not you're with me or not. That's what I tell people, you know, Hey, I want you to be a better person. No matter how long you're at my boots or if you go along with your life, I want you to be a better person. I will call you on your shit. I hope that you do the same with me. I don't mind when people call me on my shit. Totally cool. Totally cool. Yeah. I embrace that. I can put my ego aside. That's not a problem. I appreciated it when people called me on my shit. I have made decisions that were not the best they were not the most classiest. They did not reflect my inner core values. And somebody went, yeah, ooh, no. And I was like, ooh, uh, ye, you're right. Sorry. Yeah, let me, let me rethink this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How do I want to represent myself? And I'm like, in, in today's climate, right now is not about me. With race issues, that's not about me. Mm-hmm. With mask wearing, it's not about me. With all of these things that are going on, the number one thing, hey, it's not about you. It's not about me. Yes, I identify as an indigenous person. But right now, the floor belongs to black people. That's the house that's on fire. Right. I'm just the one that goes, "Hey, I can bring a soapbox or a bigger box and a microphone. Here you go." Cuz I don't need to, it's not my it's not my turn to be at the mic. And I know that I'm I'm coming from a place of privilege because I'm white passing. I know that in any point moment in the day somebody can be like Melissa take seven seats back. I said, Okay, you got it. And I will. That's not a problem. It's not about me.
0: Absolutely. Well, I, I really appreciate you 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 saying that and coming on the show and really just like expressing all of these serious topics that I think a lot of us are afraid to talk about sometimes, but need to be.
1: If you're gonna be if you're gonna be afraid To have a hard conversation because you're afraid you're going to fuck it up. You're never going to have that hard conversation. That's right. That's
0: absolutely right.
1: Well, I know uh, there's a few ways that we can get
0: connected with you, right? How can we get connected with you if we wanted to reach out?
1: The, The best way to get connected with me, I know it sounds kitschy, but it is through Facebook, Messenger. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Facebook Facebook is is uh no I'm not a keyword jockey um but uh Facebook is a really good one um I have stepped away from a lot of my commitments in LA Okay um because having one foot on each coast got to be a little much uh life comes before lifestyle uh-huh. um but yeah Facebook is always the best way to, to get to me. My name is Melissa Miles on Facebook. Uh, don't worry about, um, uh, quote unquote, outing me. If you look through my profile, you'll see that, uh, yep, here I'm an open book. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. It, it, I, don't have, uh, I don't have 17 different profiles for the 17 different things that I do. It's just, it's a one shot, one kill kind of situation with me. That's usually the easiest. Um, I am on Life, Mistress underscore Melissa, but I rarely ever check fet Life. Once mm. I s- had, I stopped to kind of like, you know, I moved over to Florida here in Orlando. I just could, you know, I needed, my focus needed to be on some other things. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm more like an uh, old retired lady. If they ask me to come and teach something, I, I it's rare that I'll ever say no. Um I do only because it's like logistics. Okay. Um but yeah, no, I'm pretty pretty easy to get a hold of. Well,
0: I'll definitely put links to uh how to reach out to you in the in the description below. Uh before we go, do you have any last statements you'd like to make before we wrap up?
1: Um blanket apology if I've offended anyone. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um I said what I said, but, uh, no, I, I love this conversation. I love being organic. So I would just want to say, thank you. Each one to each one, keep pushing, keep giving platforms, Brandon, you're doing an amazing job and I applaud you. Thank you so much.
0: Well, before we go, I'd like to remind all of you that in the midst of COVID-19, there are several organizations in the Los Angeles leather community that are here to help the LALC cares bullet bar pantry and LA leather COVID-19 assist. If you or anyone you know is in need of assistance, please reach out. I will have links in the description below. As always, you can find me on Instagram and Patreon as Leather Talk Mr. Bullet, and Facebook as Brandon Bullet. Don't forget to rate and
1: subscribe. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, stay kinky, and make good choices. Okay.